Hello and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host as always, Charles Hamaker. Today we will be sort of taking a look here at all what happened during the Seahawks-Panthers games. We'll be looking at a couple of things in NFL and then finally looking at some you know, football information as well as looking ahead to Las Vegas Bowl. So sit back and enjoy. So to sort of just get right into what happened during the Seahawks games, the first three offensive drives, we saw three touchdowns, which was the first time we've seen that since 2015, which I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I mean, this offense has been kind of up and down. Um, I mean, in 2015, you saw Russell go have a lot of passing touchdowns, but that was the year he also had to do everything by himself. So, you know, you'd like to see those hot starts more. Um, just going through what I had during the game, Jason Myers needs to be more consistent. I know that he's it's not like he's unhorrible, but some of these misses can really affect these games that we're in. It was good to see DK get involved on his one touchdown that we saw. Josh Gordon had a good catch for that 58-yard. It wasn't good. It was great. My apologies. Um, I'll get – uh, I'll talk more on what that situation uh, later on and how that affects us uh, going forward. The Panthers, they just look like uh, a losing team. They just they look like a losing team early on in the game. They had an offside that negated a fumble. Machine Green's been playing really well, and he's coming into his own, which is good to see, seeing that Clowney's battling that core injury. Um, it's interesting to see that DK and Gordon weren't getting involved on third down as much. They would have some weird sets going out there with Zeke Turner. Um, John Brown was out there on third down. These are guys that relatively, they're not primary pass catchers. And you'd think on third long or third and intermediate situations, you'd want those guys in there. Um, but hey, I'm not an offensive coordinator. Um, CJ Procise's fumble is something that should be spotlighted because, like I said before in the last episode, I was a fan of CJ, and he's I feel like his chances run out now. Um, uh, oh, the turnovers, the turnovers. I apologize for that pause. The turnovers. We had three turnovers uh, and only got three points off of them. That's not good. You need to be able to capitalize on turnovers, especially going into this home stretch, the games against Arizona and Santa Santa Clara, um, and especially in the playoffs. you got to be able to capitalize on turnovers. That's going to be big, especially when your offense goes from having 160 offensive yards in the first quarter to having only 139 combined in both the second and third you got to be able to take what your defense gives you. you got to be able to help yourself out in that regard. Going into some guys that I wanted to see more out of, uh, coming out of that uh, Rams game last week, I talked about Cody Barton and Ugo Umadi. Umadi made a good contribution. 
He almost had that pick six, but after review, that was just a bizarre play. And watching the game, I didn't know what was going on in real time. Um, but I liked seeing him get out there. Cody Barton had 10 tackles, which was good to see with Kendricks out. I wanted to see Homer more involved going into this next game just because precise, I'm kind of just done with the guy. And a guy that I believe that really needs to step up is LJ Collier. He had uh, 76 snaps played, and he didn't record any stats. No sacks, no QB hurries, no tackles for loss, no QB hits, no pressures. He was basically invisible. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Overall, this was a game similar to the Atlanta game, almost. Um, You come out of the gates hot, which is good, but then you just kind of play like this relaxed, you know, we're just going to play this soft zone sort of defense, and you let these guys score, you know, and bring it within six, which shouldn't be good. I mean, I I don't remember the last time we saw a blowout personally, but, I mean, I'm not one to complain about the winning. I will take the wins. I mean, all of these games by, you know, how many these one-score games, as long as you're winning, I don't care, you know. People in the league, once you get to playoffs, it's not going to matter how many games you won by close points. At the end of the day, a win's a win. There's no, you know, college, it's not like college football. There's no ranking system, you know, who cares about the goddamn rankings. But I, I would like to not have these games be so close. Winning. Just like winning. Winning. Winner, winner. Ultimate winner. Ultimately, looking ahead, the Seahawks need to win, win out, obviously. Um... What we need to root for in order to continue to maintain the number one seed, we don't need to worry about Santa Clara, thanks to the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones, and their, their heroics on the road. Somehow, I don't that that was magical to watch. Um, we need the Saints to go one and one. We need the Packers to win out, because in this scenario that's ideal, we need to have a three-way tie at the top of the conference with us. Uh, the Saints and the Packers, because there's some bizarre tiebreaker that we have over both of them. So that's what we need to hope for. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! In terms of injuries to look at, um, Michael Kendricks and Ziggy Ansah have good chances to play next week against the Cardinals. Shaquille Griffin... Uh, Coach Carroll was not as optimistic when talking about that. It's a hamstring thing, and considering, you know, he's a cornerback, that's not exactly a good look. Uh, with Jadavian Clowney, he got over his sickness uh, that he was dealing with throughout the week uh, for the Panthers. Um, he's got over that, so he's looking better uh, in terms of playing against the Cardinals uh, this upcoming week. But that we'll see how he gets through practice, and... Bobby and Bobby Wagner and uh, Quandre Diggs both uh, sustained ankle uh, ankle sprains. Diggs had a high ankle sprain, so that could keep him out a little bit. Bobby's uh, personally said that he feels he feels good, so we'll he should be good to go. But considering he's the best linebacker in the league, it would be a huge blow. Um, 
Okay. And to go into the Josh Gordon thing, you know, seeing the immediate reaction on social media and what people were saying, I, I personally believe it's really, really unfair to go and judge a guy. Uh, I realize it's his fifth time being suspended for the same offense. I get that. But how come we can let a guy like Josh Gordon get suspended for drug abuse? And we say drug abuse, but we know it's marijuana. It's been marijuana each time. Um, But a guy like Tyreek Hill is still playing this season and will probably play in the playoffs. You know, I want to see the same sort of slander go towards a guy like Brett Favre when he was sending inappropriate pictures to that reporter in New York or Big Ben when he was doing that stuff with the uh, assault case or guys like Des Bryant when he physically assaulted his mother. You know, stuff like this. There's a thing in the league where people will get suspended. I've seen this. I wrote a paper on this paper. I mean, pardon me, players have been suspended and punished far worse, no, far less, I mean, uh, well, you get the point, players have been treated differently than Josh when it comes to suspensions, and it's bizarre, because Josh is, Josh smokes to help with his anxiety, to deal with his anxiety, to combat, you know, the mental issues that he's dealing with, and you know, he came to Seattle, and he is talking about he would resign here, and he felt really supported. People brought him in during Thanksgiving, you know, from our squad, and it was good to see. You know, it was good to see him in a good environment. And this, this is, this is more than football. This is not, you know, heart goes out to him. So he's not like he's a bad dude, and I think it's really fucking unfair. For people to slander the guy, you know, people that wouldn't deal, wouldn't be able to deal with what he's dealing with, just go out and slander the man. You know, I hope uh, he does whatever is best for him, whether it's retiring from football or if he continues to come back next year. I mean, I'd love to have him back, Um, but he's a good guy, and I don't think he should be slandered. I think that's really unfair, and I believe people need to educate themselves before they go out and slander the guy. That's the point of this podcast. I want to educate people, you know, against their opinions that may be more or less fucking stupid. You, sir, are an idiot. In non-game day related news, the Seahawks that have been voted to the Pro Bowl, which I we would hope that they wouldn't be playing in, <clears throat> wink, wink, cop, cop. Um, the two starters are Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Both were top vote-getters in their respective positions for their conference. The alternates for the Seahawks are Dwayne Brown, Chris Carson, Jadavian Clowney, Quandre Diggs, Shaquille Griffin, Mikey Potty, and Tyler Lockett. It's all good to see. I mean, that's cool and all. Sometimes I feel like the Pro Bowl is a popularity contest, but, you know, I mean, it's cool. It's not like it's a game we want to be playing in anyways. Uh, Another, you know, fun stat is that since 2002, in terms of most division titles and playoff bursts, the Seahawks are second in the league in that category, only behind the Patriots with eight division titles and 13 playoff bursts. Hopefully we want to add a ninth division title there. Um, 
So, you know, there's a lot to go for this week, these upcoming weeks. And, you know, with Santa Clara playing the way they are, it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, it's, 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 it's an exciting time, you know, to be a Seattle sports fan. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. I, I, I don't know why I'm getting into this whole spang, but I'm just excited. I mean, these two weeks are going to be interesting. I was, you know, sitting here watching the Niners-Falcons game on the edge of my seat because that's it was a huge game. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited. So what to look forward to in the Cardinals game? Um, this should be a game that Seattle takes pretty easily, knock on wood. Um, but we know if you've watched football, divisional games are never that easy, usually, unless the Patriots are playing anybody in their division. Unless well, it's the Bills this year, of course. The Cardinals' pass defense is last in the league in yards per game allowed, pass rating allowed, completion percentage allowed. So, I mean, with a guy like Russell Wilson, who's thrown 28 touchdowns and five interceptions, it should be one of those games that, you know, we are able to take pretty easily. Cardinals have struggled all year on defense. They had one of their best games uh, against the Browns uh, in terms of defense, and that's not saying much considering Baker Mayfield's had a pretty bad year. They gave up 152 yards on the ground. Um, so, you know, they did that against Nick Chubb, who's a great back, and he could come up with a rushing title this year. So Chris Carson, who had one of his better games last week, 133 yards, two touchdowns, 5.5 yards per carry. With our rush rush offense, has been one of the best in the league. You know, offense looks like it should dominate this team. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, got to look to contain Kenyon Drake who, you know, coming from Miami has had a pretty solid resurgence here with Arizona. Kyler Murray, he's still an offensive weapon. Fitz, Fitz is Fitz. He may be old, but he does he does what he does. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I expect still a decently close game. Um, I'm going to start moving into uh, – I want to start adding predictions to this thing. Um predictions and a league recap so if that's something that you guys would be interested in please let me know in whatever feedback way you'd be possible um but overall this should be a game that we take care of pretty solidly so in concluding uh, big game against arizona gotta win out the next two uh, but to take away from sports and from uh, what I've been talking about for the entirety of the podcast, I want to thank everybody who's been listening. If you shared it, uh, thanks, Dad. Um, for everyone that has been listening, um, for anybody who's given tips, I will be getting a microphone here soon so it doesn't sound like I'm recording off my laptop, which I am. Um, I appreciate all the support. I know it's not much, but I do want to continue this and get better. Uh, I felt like recording this one, this episode, episode three. But like I said, I'm a lot um, right there. <laughs> and it felt a little sloppy, but 
I'm going to work on this next week's episode, considering the next week on Wednesday is Christmas. Expect an episode on Thursday, just because Tuesday would be Christmas Eve and, you know, people will be with family. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for the support. And if you have any advice, any suggestions, any feedback, any comments, whatever way you can send them to me, please do. I'm always looking for ways to improve in any way. Um, I'm just thankful. Uh, I like doing what I love uh, and talking about the things I like. I like being educated. I like to help educate people. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, happy holidays. Um, you kind of see the rise of Skywalker. No. Wait, yes. I don't remember. The newest Star Wars movie on Thursday. That should be exciting. Um, I'm thinking about uh, adding different components to this. Uh, maybe having two episodes a week. One to have like a sort of immediate reaction from the game. And then one towards the end of the week. Just because, honestly, after releasing the last episode, I was so excited to just record this one. So... Thanks, everyone, again, for listening. Share it, you know, other Seahawks fans, get them involved. Uh, give me feedback. And, yeah, thank you for support, for your support. Uh, support, can't even talk. Um, and have a good rest of your day.